and we're back. Welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers. We're here for the fifth week. We've got some special guests joining us this week. I'm joined directly in my studio by Buster the Dog in the Sunshine Coast. We've got Mel. Howdy, Mel. Howdy, Scotty. Have you got a special guest with you tonight, today? Um, I do, actually. I've, I've got two shaggy special guests, but we're, we're going to let them stay quiet today. Clover and Enu are here joining me in the studio. Well, I've got Buster with me, and he is asleep. He is snoring, but I haven't got a mic on him, so we should be good. You might remember these characters from being previous Park Dogs of the Week. And every week on the podcast, it is Bring Your Dog to Work Week. So they're going to be here a lot. We might even interview some of them in the future. This week in Parkrun Australia, another massive week. It's getting a bit monotonous. It's getting boring. But every week, we're breaking new figures. This week was no exception. A new record for Parkrun Australia. 24,000 and a few extra runners ran this week or walked. So we've got a new record. Of course, attendances are falling all over the place, the records that is. We had, I believe it was 16 different events out of the 150 now in Australia broke course record attendances. That's a little bit insane. Mm. Helped along by a, a massive launch at the Terrace in the region of runners. They had over 600 again for their launch. That's scary, but they managed. Why do you think we're getting these boost in numbers, Mel? Okay, Scotty, I think probably a lot of people might attribute it to New Year's resolutions and people are doing great with um, keeping to their plans and things like that. But I don't buy it because, let's face it, New Year's resolutions are made on New Year's Eve when people have probably had a little bit too much to drink and they're usually broken within 24 hours. So I'm pretty confident that's not why everyone's coming to Parkrun. I'm going to put it down to the weather. And a word that's been getting around in the last week or so relating specifically in Queensland to the stupid level of humidity is stumidity. And I think the stumidity coupled with something we spoke about in a show a couple of weeks ago, the photos that get taken at Parkrun, people are seeing photos of their friends, photos of their family members on Facebook in all their sweaty glory grimacing in parkrun photos because they are just dripping in sweat. And who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want a piece of that? I think that's what's getting everyone to parkrun. Do you take a good sweaty photo? Uh, I don't think anyone takes a good sweaty photo, but they're all definitely enviable. Okay. Well, that's comforting to know because I've never taken a good sweaty photo. Actually, I've never taken a good running photo. You've never taken a good no. running photo. I've got I've got this mate who is just spot on. He's he's the classical photogenic runner. Every photo, he's smiling. He's got perfect form. I'm the complete opposite. So do you do you try to get a good photo in? Like you you spot the photographer, given well, up. You know you've just given no, up. <laughs> just no, it can't happen. So I have to say, I mean. I, I can't say I, I look good in all my photos, but 
I certainly always try to smile at everyone and that's feedback that I often get back after, you know, like Sunshine Coast Marathon or one of these larger organized events. People see my photos because they just, you know, how friends look up other friends because they know what their bib numbers are and stuff and they go, oh my God, you're smiling in everyone. You look so happy. You don't look like you ran a half marathon. It's like, yeah, because I took three hours, okay? (laughs) I could see that photographer from five minutes away. I had time to slow down, look composed, not sweat. So I'm not that person who's about to vomit and that's why they're not smiling. Yeah. So That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, because you're I'm the guy who looks hard. like he's going to vomit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not. He just looks like it. He tried to smile once and he just developed four double chin or four chins. So. <laughs> Didn't try that again. <laughs> And and I think it's genetic because my sister is also horrific when it comes oh, to the, the running photo. That's very generous of you to say. I'm yeah. sure she would really appreciate that. Love have, like have a sister. You, that's why I can say. <laughs> has your sister been along to, to park run with you, Scotty? My sister? I yeah. got her hooked early on. Yep. She did some volunteering for me on the weekend. She came over and helped me at Gels. She was my run director. Encouraged everyone to get naked. And um, just left it there. Didn't explain the whole naked thing. Oh, hopefully it's not naked because of the stumidity. Maybe. Okay, so explain stumidity to me. How, how does it affect the average park runner? Well, if you're the average park runner, I would say it probably slows you down. You know, it's um, it's it's like having a rainy park run without the rain so you end up saturated as if it had been raining only it's from your own bodily sweat and you know anything that you your body comes into contact with is just immediately dripping your shirts like there are all those really interesting different color patterns happening um with the various sweat patches all over your body and things like that um so when that runner hands you the barcode that's or wet and falling apart, it's not from the rain, it's from their bodily fluids. Yes, you've, you've got to, <laughs> you, you have to hand it to our volunteer scanners, you know, especially the ones that that touch those barcodes. Um, although, realistically, runners can just hold them out and they can go, you know what, I'm not going to try to scan that. I'll, I just might write it down because you remembered to bring it with you. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things, I don't know, if you do it at your event, Scott, some events um, they provide bags for people or um, a board where people can clip their barcodes and and their keys as well, actually, to the board so that things don't fall out of pockets or get lost or you know dissolve. A key bowl. Well, yep, key bowls. We we get a lot of jokes about key bowls at um at park runs. So actually, I have an interesting story about keys. We do have a key bag at Kiwana. Um, not all park runners choose to use it, and I'm sure you'd be aware, and everybody else would be aware. You know, most um, active wear for the bottom half of your body comes with a nice little secret pocket or a little zipper pocket that you can actually just put your key in from uh, for your car, so you don't lose it. Um, we actually had a park runner one day came up to us after the event, and he's like, "Has anybody handed in a key?" I've lost my key. Um, it was just sort of shoved into the top of his pants, apparently. Um, 
and he thinks he's lost it on the course. And I said, oh, well, you know, have you have you looked in your pants? Have you checked checked your jocks so you would know whether or not it's in there? He was oh, no, 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 no. I think I would know if it was in there, okay. So we had probably about 20 people looking, searching the whole ground because he couldn't get home without his car key um, for a good 25 minutes after the event and some people had headed back out onto the course to see if it had dropped out on there and then he comes up to me and he goes, Mel, you wouldn't believe it. I found it. Guess where it was? And I just looked at him and he said, it was in my jocks. (laughs) I knew where this story was going halfway through. Yeah, and so, so, I mean, I could have saved everybody 25 minutes of looking because that was the question that I asked him but he he apparently would have felt it if it was in there and obviously he didn't so we we have a bit of a laugh with him now now and then but ironically two weeks later we had another park runner who lost his key and the first question I said was all right now I'm not I'm not having a joke with you but is it have you looked in your pants have you looked in your undies and he's like yeah yeah no he said it's not in my undies you know and so he started looking and then two minutes later he came back to me and said, it, it was in my undies. Yeah. It was actually, that's two people in two weeks had their keys in their undies. And, you know, we do have a key bag. I just don't understand why people don't use it. Mm. So maybe, so you've got the key bag, people want the key bowl. <laughs> Possibly. Hey, could you imagine if they had a key bowl at the terrace launch with 600 plus runners? Oh, you'd need it. It would need to be a big bowl. It would need to be a 44-gallon drum. Yeah. We had a roving adventurer there, Robbo. Do you want to hear some audio? Let's do it. Take it away, Robbo. Here we are with Brenton Pobji, the event director at the Terrace Park Run, mate. You've got the first one over and done with. Tell us how to go. Uh, it was an amazing morning, much better than expected. The rain held off, crowds came out. It was a fantastic morning, amazing team, which made it all happen. And um, yeah, it's a record-breaking crowd apparently. So lots of great feedback on the course. Um, just perfect morning. Uh, didn't yeah, nothing went wrong. It was fantastic. And in your wildest dreams, did you imagine you'd get close to 700 people crossing the finishing line at the launch of the Terrace Park Run? I had a dream of 600 that everyone scoffed at and didn't believe, but um, <laughs> we are super excited that. So yeah, it was an exciting morning from that front. Finally, what's it going to do for Raymond Terrace? I think it's a massive impact in the community. Um, people are loving and getting behind uh, what they can do as far as getting fit and um, just exercising and the fact that it's free, I think people are going to love it. It's going to be a great thing for Raymond Terrace. And when's it on again? Next Saturday at 8 o'clock. Get down here, folks, the Terrace Park Run. Great work, mate. Woo! Question without notice. Yes. Matt Rashke, <laughs> the Terrace Park Run, mate. Give me your thoughts. Mate, it's, uh, it's actually some, something new to the region of runners because it's our first river run. We've got lots of running along the water, but running along the Hunter River, you can't beat it. Uh, two lapper, so you get to see the bridge and run up and back twice, so you get to gauge how you're going on the first lap. You can have a crack and then do the second lap, so just love it. Beautiful. And, and what about those numbers, mate? You expect that? Mate, I was thinking we'd get 350, so we've just about doubled that. <laughs> I'm always a bit conservative when it comes to launch numbers, but yeah, that just blows my mind. 693. 
crazy. Well, I know you've been a big part of uh, pushing it, mate. You, yeah. you work here. I know you're passionate about getting it up, so yeah. well done. And Thank you very much. I'll be yeah. here next week or the week after. Perfect. give it a crack. So. Perfect. Front page material. <laughs> Thanks, mate. There we go. By all accounts, it sounds like they had an amazing launch at the Terrace. So congratulations to the event director. And it's awesome to see so many parkrun adventurers getting out there, including some statesmen and women who were representing. So well done, guys. We are adventuring to South Australia for our next event director guest. She is the ED at Murray Bridge Parkrun and her name is Sarah Pixley. Welcome, Sarah. Hello, Parkrun adventurers. Hi, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about your parkrun. Or tell us, maybe start off telling us about Murray Bridge itself. It's an interesting town. Is it? Okay. Well, I think Murray it is. Bridge. <laughs> well, a lot of Melbournians would know it because it's sort of a nice stopping point on the way to Adelaide. That's it, Scott. You've got it right there. We're about 80 k's out of Adelaide and anybody coming to or from the East Coast has got to go through Murray Bridge to get there. So there's plenty of opportunities to pop in and, and see what we've got to offer here. So we're a sort of a rural city, for want of a better word of putting it, and we have a park run that started in October 2014. So the name Murray Bridge refers to what exactly? The bridge. I'm sorry, Scott, I've got nothing more, more intelligent than the bridge. Do you actually um, run across the bridge though, Sarah, or We run under it? the bridge. Under so the bridge. Okay. our course, we start just up from the Bunyip at Murray Bridge. It's probably our call to fame is the Murray Bridge Bunyip. We start just past there. We run past the Bunyip along the river and we actually do a two-lap out-and-back course. So there's plenty of opportunities for high fives and cheering on. Plus, you get to go under the Murray Bridge twice. So you have a Bunyip on your course? We do indeed. We're the only only park run in the world with a Bunyip. Is, is that in your risk assessment? You're right. I probably should have put it on there. I've got snakes in the risk assessment. He's pretty tame. He's behind a great big cage. Oh, okay. So it's a domestic bunyip. Well, you go and listen to him. It doesn't sound that domesticated. He's quite scary. He does scare the children occasionally. He's well trained, put it that way. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued as well. I, I, I don't really know what a bunyip looks like. I'm keen to come and check it out. You'll have to check it out. He's, a, he's big and green and he's got a great big yellow tongue and makes very scary growling noises when you, I think it's a dollar to make him go up and down. And oh, he, he performs for money. He, well, like all good entertainers, really. You and Scott should know that, Mel. Oh, I think we've been ripped off, Scott. We're doing this for free. <laughs> so do you take money on the run? Uh, some of the children go after the run. My little four-year-old, she adores them and she pretends to be scared every time she goes past. Uh, our photographer gets a great vantage point when he climbs up the top and you can look down on, on the runners, so some great photos from up there. With the bunyip in it as well? Unfortunately, no. I'm yet to figure out the perfect photo angle to get the bunyip because he's kind of in a cave. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I haven't quite got the perfect little – might take a park run flag there and get a photo with the flag and the bunyip at one point. But yeah. Yeah, It's okay to have a staged park run photo. It's been done before, I can tell you that. <laughs> Happens all the time. We do have a few with pelicans with parkrun um, volunteer vests on. They may have, may have not been staged. Pelicans actually wearing volunteer vests? Well, having a vest kind of draped over his wings, 
this pelican kind of came in from the river and thought he'd try and steal everyone's food and we had a fruit platter one day. So one of the volunteers saw him and just gently laid a, a parkrun vest on while I took a photo. Nice. As you do. The, the pelican did not like it, but it's okay. <laughs> the photo looked good. You do what you can to get volunteers. Exactly right. And he didn't have his barcode, so he had to volunteer. <laughs> so, Sarah, what kind of numbers do you get at Murray Bridge? And, and what would you say is the demographic that makes up the majority of your runners? We have in between about 40 and 60 week in, week out. Sometimes in winter it gets bitterly, bitterly cold here. So I think we bottomed out at about 25 on a, almost a snowy day. We don't snow, but feels that way. And we're a bit unique among the park runs in that a third of our runners are actually juniors. So that means another third are their parents. So our course is described as quite a difficult course because the times are really realistic. We don't have, I think our course record is about 16 minutes, but which is incredibly fast, but the average time is about 45 minutes in our course. So it's a really achievable supportive sort of a sort of a community we've built down there a third children that's that's i wonder how that rates actually yeah when prof did our figures for our anniversary last year he was pretty surprised but we had so many children um we have probably a good 20 under 11 that come every week and although we've had the usual teething problems of faster children to slower mums and dads We've managed to team up a few of our faster lead runners with a couple of the kids that need that extra supervision. So it's kind of helped our community grow even closer because we're introducing people all the time. You recently won an award? We did. We were really, really fortunate in that we had seven nominations in the Australian of the Year Awards here at Murray Bridge. So we ended up walking away with Community Event of the Year with highly commended for Community Initiative of the Year and also for Volunteer of the Year. So our little group are very proud of that. And so you should be. They don't just hand them out. No, and the fact, like, probably what made me extra proud of the achievement was that the seven nominations that we had. I mean, of course, I put one in because I think my community is awesome, but it means that six other people of our community also put in a nomination for us. And I just thought that was fantastic that we're changing people's lives so that they actually want to acknowledge that. And the fact that they went to the effort of actually submitting that nomination, that speaks volumes for what an impact you're making on your community. So well done, Sarah, and all your event team. Would this make you a celebrity around town? Murray Bridge is a small town. So does everybody know who you are now? Yes, yes, that is all true. My daughter came home from childcare today and said, Mummy, did you know your face was in the paper? Just your face? Well, face and trophy. But yes, just my face and trophy. So that was kind of cute because she's like, why were you in the paper? And I thought, well, you were there on the day, Em. Have you gotten already? You're going to have the paparazzi after you now. If that brings more people down to our run, I will take it for the team, guys. We have had so many people contact us since the newspaper article came out and people are literally stopping me at work. I work in quite a large building and they're going, Parkrun, what's that about? Tell me about it. So I know at least 10 people that have started last week after us taking the award home on Tuesday. So that was a brilliant exposure for us. 
and and this ties into what we were actually talking about earlier in the show um, about people finding out about Parkrun and and how they get involved. So the fact that you've got your community event out there and it's getting that sort of exposure for the great work that you're doing is definitely going to bring you more runners. You might be finding that your numbers increase and you'll be fighting off the volunteers soon. That will be a good problem to have. I When we started, we had, had a regular group of about 20 or 30 runners and our territory director, John, told me, don't worry, Sarah, they're going to come because we've got Mount Barker, but it's 40 k's away. And at the time, there was only four park runs in South Australia. So we thought, well, if we build it, they will come. <laughs> and so what do you know? It's working. They are coming. Fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about the Sarah Pixley story? How did you get involved in park run? <laughs> I actually came to Murray Bridge in... February 2014 and I was traveling down to Mount Barker Park Run which is about 40 k's away every Saturday morning to do my run up until about April when someone said to me hey we should have a park run in Murray Bridge at which point I've kind of gone yeah sure it's a great idea I'll kind of give it a hand to find then that I had Tim emailing me all the stuff and asking me to do everything and get it off the ground. So I was kind of handballed a park run to get started. So I was very lucky that I had some really good helpers around me to help it help it along. But I've been a runner for quite a number of years. Ironically, up until later on this year, where I actually broke a foot. So I've been hobbling around with a moon boot on for the last six months. So my 50 runs is well a long time away. <laughs> I'm sure your 25 volunteers as well in the background too, though. Yeah, I, I did say to someone the other day, I wish there was a 50 volunteer shirt I could wear instead. <laughs> Purple's nicer than red anyway. I do like purple. Purple's my colour. Everyone loves. Everyone should try and get themselves a purple shirt. I think it's a goal for everybody. Good luck with your event, Sarah. It's been great chatting to you. Um, we hope to visit Murray Bridge one day. So next time I'm driving to Adelaide, I'll just time it to happen on a Saturday so we can pop in for a Murray Bridge park run. Sounds like a plan, Scott. We've got really good coffee at the farmer's market. And, of course, we're not that far away from the brosser anyway, so you can go there after you see us. Great. Looking forward to it. We're joined by Tim Oberg, the General Manager of Parkrun Australia. Hi, Tim. Hi, Scott. Hi, Mel. You ready for a round of questions? This time not from us, but our listeners. Mate, I'm ready as I'll ever be, so uh, bring bring it on. Okay, here we go. The first one's from Annie Paul. She wants to know if there are any plans for a kids' park run in Brisbane. Oh, I like it. Okay, Annie. Well, look, the that's a great question. We could talk about that all night. But um, Junior Park Run has been going in the UK now for about a year and a half, and it's wildly successful. Um, it's actually growing at a faster rate than uh, big park run, if we want to call it that, just, or as we know it in Australia, just park run. Um, the situation is that it is for four to 14-year-olds in the UK, and the despite the success of uh, it at the moment, the question mark is out whether four to 14 is the correct age grouping because, I mean, four-year-olds can be, and most are, very little, and some 14-year-olds can be like men or, or, or women. Um, so the, the, there's a train of thought, do we keep it at 4 to 14 or do we just do uh, 4 to 10 
we're, we're doing some research, oh, I guess some, some, I don't know if research is a correct word, but we're looking into that. And once we have a definitive answer as to what the age grouping should be, then there will be uh, an expansion of junior parkrun outside of the UK. And certainly Australia will be putting its hand up for it. I, I would love to bring junior parkrun to Australia. However, it is a another whole kettle of fish in terms of, uh, you know, what would be required to set up an event, mainly around child safeguarding. So there's a lot to it. It's not as simple as just going, oh, let's just do it. Um, we have to make sure that we get it right because uh, we don't want to get it wrong when you're dealing with other people's children. So it will happen um, most likely, I'm going to say, next year. There you go. Next year, 2017, I'm putting it out there. There most likely be junior park run in Australia. And, yes, it will be in Brisbane, I'm sure. Okay, Tim, I've got a question from Chris Wade. So Chris asks, with so many events starting around Australia, what does Parkrun see as the key to sustainability so that they are all successful in five years' time? Well, first of all, how do you define a successful event? And I would say we don't define it when we never have defined a successful event as a large event or so by, by, by the size. We, we don't d define an event as successful because it has lots of runners and one that is smaller as, as unsuccessful. So I think, first of all, it's, it's you know, what is what is success? And to me, I would say, say that a successful event is an event where the people who are attending and the people who are volunteering are enjoying it. And that's what it comes down to. So that can be 10 people or it can be 110 people. Um, but the key is that the people who are putting it on are enjoying doing so and the people who are attending uh, are also enjoying going along and having fun. And really that's what it's all about. If we're not having fun, then, we, then why do it? So, uh, so I think first of all, we just, you know, we have to be clear about what success is. Um, but if we're looking at specifics and uh, essentially I think he's asking how are we going to keep these volunteers doing it? Or uh, I assume that's kind of the, the question there. It's, it's about sharing the load. And it's about uh, the, the event director. When, it, when an event director starts an event, that they don't try and do too much. It's about, the, and, and that's, that's, that's my job and the job of the territory directors to support a new event director and a new event team through that process so that the, the workload can be shared and so that um, many other people come in and become run directors so they can share that load. Uh, and, and then you just have a natural evolution over time. When, when, a, when an event director does stand aside, there's generally uh, a person uh, who is there waiting in the wings to become the event director. And that just happens and happens. And, you know, we've got some events where um, the founding event director is still the, uh, the event director. And let's use the example of Paul Wilcock uh, at St Peter's Park Run in Sydney. He's our... Uh, longest standing event director at a single event. He's been at that one event uh, since, oh, I'm testing myself here, I'm going to say January 2012 uh, when St Peter's started. So so I think the key is that um, is that myself and the, and the territory directors support events to share the load and, and I guess have a succession plan and then it should all hopefully just happen, keep happening on and on. Good eye. Simon Macklay wants to know, where would yeah. you love to see a park run start where there isn't one approved yet? Oh, that's easy. Centennial Park, Sydney, full stop. <laughs> Basically, the eastern suburbs of Sydney. We, we, we don't have, if you look at a map, there's a big hole, no park runs, huge population, both of tourists and, and residents, huge parks. But uh, the, the issue we've had with Centennial Park 
um, is that it's not governed by council. Therefore, uh, we have to go. It's, it's governed by a trust, and the trust uh, don't have as as part of their agenda, or it wouldn't seem, is to is to provide the park for free for things like park run. You know, it's a commercial operation. They they charge pretty high rental fees. So when you do do a fun run in Centennial Park, you know, whoever is putting that on is has paid a, a pretty hefty fee for that. Um, and and as park run, we don't pay uh, park hire fees. It just doesn't fit into our model. So um, if anyone if anyone is listening out there and has any uh, connections at Centennial Park Trust, uh, get in touch with Scott and Mill because that's that's where we want to have an event. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question now from Mark Connolly. This is in relation to the Facebook post we did on our Parkrun Adventurers page on Friday last week. Mark would like to know how you got such nice calves. <laughs> Mark Connolly, hey. Now, I haven't seen this post, so I'm just quickly quickly looking at it. Ah, uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, that was, that was the post of me being uh, Rodan's thinker. Yeah, well, Mark, um, first of all, nice question, mate. Uh, and I was I was born with them. I think they uh, they they haven't helped me out though because that's the one recurring injury that I've had over the years is calf niggles. So um, so yeah, I'd, I'd rather that they they weren't um, so nice and but a bit more a bit more efficient. And I just I meant nice and in inverted commas there, just in case anyone's uh, listening thinking <laughs> thinking I'm being a bit of a toss up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah yeah yeah. So um, yeah, that's it, Mark. Good question, mate. I'll. Uh, I'll see you later. I have words with you later. Yeah, well, we've got Mark on the show next week. Have you got oh, a question for him? <laughs> Let me think about that and I'll okay. come up with something. He's a good Queenslander even though he lives up in NT, so we don't be too hard on him. Finally, last one from Peter Pullman. He wants to know what is your favourite Dr. Zeus book? Right. Uh, you know, as father of two young children, you may be able to hear one of them crying in the background right now. Uh, we haven't got onto Doctor Zeus just yet, so I uh, I can't I can't really comment here. I know they are they cat in a hat and all that sort of stuff, but um, I've, I was just reading um, Where Is the Green Sheep with with Jack and Evie before coming on the on, on the broadcast. So that's a bit of a classic. So I'm going to say don't have a favourite one, but um, Where Is the Green Sheep is the book of the month in the Oberg household. Okay, we can hear Evie in the background. Yeah, so I think I need to go grab a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Perfect opportunity to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us, Tim. We're going to do this again next month. Speak to you then. F fantastic. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. And thanks to everyone for supporting the Parkrun Adventurers. If you've been joining us in the social circuit this week, you will have noticed that Parkrun Adventurers have a schmancy new logo. And we've been adding that to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all over the place. Brendan Scholarly has already claimed that the runners on the logo look like they're running across Shell Harbour Park Run. We're keen to hear what you think about our logo, so let us know. Also, let us know what you think of the show. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. We got a tweet this week. I, I mentioned we were international last week, and we really are, so... We've got listeners in Scotland, and uh, Morris, the music teacher, let us know that he's loving the show, but just need to pick up the audio quality a bit, and we're working on that. Hopefully, it is improving over time, and 
hopefully one day, Mel, we'll be in the same studio together. So I won't sound so whispery quiet and you won't sound so harsh, harsh. and distorted. <laughs> mm. Yeah, totally not taking that personally. Um, it's yeah. For anyone who's ever been on a podcast, you probably know or, or even just heard your voice recorded anywhere we actually don't like the way we sound either so uh apologies to you guys out there that we're making listen to us every week yeah and to have a conversation over skype is also interesting but we're trying and in a few weeks time hopefully we'll be able to be in the one place which will be exciting and as scotty said don't hold back you know we've got thick skins mostly yeah bring it we want feedback good and bad so thanks morris that's great you may remember in episode two, we caught up with Jeremy Savage over in Western Australia. He talked briefly about Woodbridge Riverside, which is launching this week, and it sounds like a great run, very pretty. So head along to that. Where's the cake this week? Where are we going for cake? The cake. If you're a cake eater, you need to be at the Super Park Run being held in Victoria at Tulern Creek's first anniversary. Forgive me if I've pronounced Tulane Creek incorrectly. Yep, I think you have. I think it's Tulane. Tulane. Tulane Creek. Tulane Creek. Yep, I've butchered a few times. Mark will correct me if we're wrong. But happy birthday, Melton South Park Run. And as you said, they're having a superheroes thing, which is always popular. We're done for this week. Next week, we're going to catch up with Mark Connolly. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we might need to invite him on the show. Yeah. Mark, if you're listening, we're going to talk to you next week on the show. He's in Darwin, which is only park run in the Northern Territory. So that'll be a very interesting perspective because they know all about stumidity. They do. I think stumidity actually originates from the Northern Territory. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be a great one. Yep. There's also a movie launching next week. Do you know anything about it? Oh, I may know a little bit about it. I may be coordinating a group session to go and see it because it has a little bit of something to do with my running club. Yep. So we might talk a little bit about that in the next episode. Okay, so that's all happening in an next episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> Later. <gasps> Mark, come on the show. <laughs>